They're saying Russia influenced the election because of a propaganda campaign, right? But here's my question. Didn't the DNC get exposed for coercing against Bernie Sanders? So isn't that just like the same thing? It is your man, your host with the most sunny day, son, diesel, son of the sun, son of man, son of God, deeply embedded in the flesh. And this is the podcast, Tell Me the Truth, season two. Thought we weren't going to do it, huh? Yep, we are back at them. This is like my fourth time trying to do this intro today, and I'm glad I waited because I just had a very crazy experience, Uh, me and my wife went and rescued one, two, three, four, five animals um, that were in like an inch of water in an aquarium in somebody's front yard. They said they were just waiting on it to die. Two goldfish, one box turtle, and two um, soft shell turtles, which are federally endangered species. So I'm like, what in the fuck are these people doing with soft shell turtles and shit? So we let them go. Uh, and I hope that doesn't come back to bite us in the butt, but we just released them bitches because they're endangered species. You're not supposed to have them. You're not supposed to touch them and shit. So they was acting crazy. But so that was, and and also this is Sunday. I'll release it tomorrow. But if y'all in the Gainesville area, y'all know it was raining at about 2.30. So it was fucking nuts, man. So I'm still, so we kept the box turtle. We happen to have an aquarium for it. It's in our son's room. And then we got two goldfish now. We had, believe it or not, an aquarium and a whole setup just sitting there. So we got three more animals today. We also have four hermit crabs and a dog. So I don't know how many that is a lot. But yeah, yeah, very exciting. So yeah, back to the real deal. This is the podcast, Tell Me the Truth. Check us out, www.podcast. Wait a second, www.tellmethetruth-podcast.com. And uh, yeah, check us out. We got all the links for Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google Plus, all that shit. So yeah, check us out. You know, like the page, like the links, holler at us. Check out all the other 29 episodes we did on season one, uh, which is, you know, pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. We're going to have some of those same people back now. Some quick updates. We are streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, so you can comment. We're trying to do interactive stuff with the show, so if you comment, we'll read your comments. We'll we'll put you right in the conversation, as we did on this one. So, 
this episode I did on inauguration day, which would be Friday the 20th, uh, about nine o'clock in the morning, I think. Trump got inaugurated at 10, so this was the hour leading up to his inauguration. And I just talked about that other stuff. You know, we get off topic here and there, but I thought it was pretty cool. We had a lot of participation on Facebook. Shout out to everybody who hollered at us on Facebook. So we're going to get right into this mother slanker. Uh, this is season two, episode 30, inauguration day, with your man, Sonny Diesel. Let's go! I'm thinking about the good old days. How quick they slip away But I'ma be fine, I'ma be fine I'ma be alright Slide it up and let it roll Let it burn real slow Cause we all know it's gonna be alright All right, all right, all right, all right. Let me turn my levels down to my headphones because that's kind of loud. All right, Tell Me The Truth Podcast, Season 2, Episode 1, Inauguration Day. And as most of you know, uh, yeah, man, it's Inauguration Day. Uh, The boy finna take the thing. Who knows what's coming up next? But I tell you what, um, man, now is really not the time to be getting nervous to be getting anxious, to be, let me take these headphones off because it's like a reverb in the headphones. I don't really need headphones to do what I do. Um, it's a lot of, and y'all have to excuse me, man. Since I hit 34, I have like sinuses all of a sudden in my life. I don't know what's going on with that. Shout out to Fletch. He would tell me I need to drink more juice. Uh, drink more juice, people, and smoothies with green shit in it and stuff. We're going to get a little health tip out there too. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, like I said, you know, I listen to NPR a lot. I'm actually a contributing member now. I listen to the shit so much, I get uh, I get anxiety when I see, I'm like, damn, these people running out of money. Diane Reem off the air, you can't get good news. So I, I contribute to NPR. And the reason I bring that up is because I was listening this morning. Oh, two people is gone. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because I notice a lot of people are very anxious. A lot of people are protesting. A lot of people seem to be getting there. Uh, you know, anxiety up. And I'm like, we can't really do that because in reality, why would we, you know, be getting anxious? We we need to see what's going on and adapt and overcome, you know, and try to make the best out of this situation uh, as all people, but really, especially as quote unquote people of color. And I don't like that people of color thing. What is that about? If you go to a Black's Law Dictionary, it says color is a fictitious thing, a fallacy. So why do we call ourselves people of color? Because legally, that's saying we're fake people. But that's a whole different podcast. I'm not going to go too deep on that right now. What's up, Kenneth? What's up, Chris? What's up, Chris Jacobs? So I was just telling them about, you know, how everybody's anxious over this election. You know, my wife tried to take the day off. And I was like, really? Really? We, we, we can't really let this thing shake us up like that. I'm not going to let it shake me up like that. You know, I had a I had a guest that was going to come over today. We had a bunch of stuff we was going to talk about. But, 
that kind of did not work out. So I'm going to just come dolo, hit people with the facts, tell people how I'm feeling. Uh, feel free to comment in the things if y'all have anything to say. We can bring that up too. But we're just going to roll through what, you know, the little stuff I had to talk about and hit it up. You know, see what we can do. So the first thing I was really, of course, harping on was this election. You know, it went how it went. It, you know, what's happened, what's happened, what's came out about it has come out. Uh, but but my thing is, is you know, damn, it, it's crazy. You know, with the whole baby Russia thing. But I think, I almost think they're making a big deal out of that. And it's not really that big of a deal because everybody does espionage. Everybody does spy work. Everybody does that. Propaganda is really what it was. It was nothing but a propaganda campaign, which... Which now, let, 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 let's look at this. They're saying Russia influenced the election because of a propaganda campaign, right? But here's my question. Didn't the DNC get exposed for coercing against Bernie Sanders? So isn't that just like the same thing? You see what I'm saying? So then, what up, Raj? What up, Tico? Um, so isn't that like the same thing? So wasn't the DNC kind of doing espionage too? And don't worry, I got a lot of shit to talk about now. But so I'm like, how is y'all tripping on Russia? When what's up, Josh? When y'all supposed to be in here, you know, promoting the system, and y'all working against Bernie to put up crooked ass Hillary? And I'm not a Donald Trump supporter. People know this. I'm not a Donald Trump supporter. But my whole thing is, is that you can't do dirty shit. What up, Chad? And then expect people to be like, oh, I'm going to run with you. So, yeah, a lot of people did run with the new guy because I'd rather run with the new guy who... Or get, and this is... Let me tell you something else. And I'm not a Donald Trump supporter, but let me tell you something else. Notice, the DNC fucking cheated and still couldn't do it. I'm not a Donald Trump... So, I'm going to say... Every time before I say something good about Donald Trump, I'm going to say I'm not a Donald Trump supporter. I'm not a Donald Trump supporter... But this man organically went to un, I won't say unrepresented people, but people who felt disenfranchised and spoke to what they needed. So you cannot get mad at this man. He played the game correctly. You know, he spit some crazy shit, you know, got a lot of people hyped up, built up the hype, which is what you do. Look at Soldier Boy and Chris Brown. You build up the hype. You see what I'm saying? Build up the hype. And then boom. I mean, this is America. We've been conditioned. We've been honey boo boo. We've been Cardassian. So, you know, it's not, you know, 70 years ago where people read a lot and shit or read books and stuff. You know, that's that's not where we at right now. Now people read memes. So I can't really get mad at how the thing turned out because I don't like how the DNC played it. You can't play dirty and then want to point fingers at everybody else. Oh, okay. He said, and Obama, you know, I, hey, everybody has their opinion. It was weird. And then what else is weird is Bill Clinton flying to the one justice lady house. It's like, fuck, man, you can't be doing dirty shit in public and expect people to just like, hold up. Well, yeah, and you know, it's like, okay. So in, in a way, and if you think about it, this is what a guy I worked with told me. Shout out to Mike. He said he voted for Obama two times and he voted for Trump. So when I hear that, I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up. You voted for Obama two times. You voted for Trump. And he said he think Obama was a good president. Okay? Yes. And he think Obama was a good president. So I'm like, why did you vote for Trump then? Because I'm confused. 
And he said, um, because I'm voting for the change presidents. He said, to him at least, he said he felt they ran the same campaigns. Change campaign. Okay, so Bim, I go sit down and I'm thinking about it. And I said, if you think about it, they did. Because Barack Obama, yes, we can change. He's a black guy, which is, I mean, in America, that's about as much change as you can get other than maybe a black Spanish-speaking woman. Um, transvestite or something, you know? Uh, so, so what was that? So it was a change situation. Let me write some of this stuff down. I've been turning up, so I would be forgetting my points. It was a change situation. So now, let's say eight years later, things are better, you know? And I was telling some cat that I associate with also who was trying to tell me that it's not better now than it was eight years ago. Those people I stopped talking to immediately because I feel like they have a mental, uh, a mental uh, problem. It's like, what was you at? Now, this person was like 24, so 10, eight years ago, they was living with their mama and shit, you know, whereas in 10 years ago, I had just bought a house and lost 50000 in equity, so I wasn't feeling too great. So I have seen the positives that have came out of the Obama presidency, you know, manifest in my own life. Uh, now, there have been some things I don't like politically and globally. Let's get this out of the way before I forget. Don't like how they fucked up Libya. I don't think Gaddafi was a bad person. Okay? Gaddafi did a lot of shit for Africa, had water, was finna put them on a gold standard, which would have maybe fucked up the world. But I also feel like most of these wars is why, you know, uh, I mean, most of the wars we go into is really not about oil. It's about them getting off that petrol dollar. Uh, but let's flip my paper over and stay on the point. It's a change situation. So now Trump comes in. Uh, and shout out to the five people that's listening. Shout out to the five people that's listening. What's up, Daniel? We in it. We in it. That's my man right there. I hope you got to listen to this. So, so, and Dan, this is okay, Dan. Uh, I was just saying how I feel like Trump and Obama both are, shout out, Andre, um, are both change candidates. So Obama hit him with some change, but he didn't really hit him with the kind of change that the people that wanted the change was looking for. Right? He hit him with types of change, the Affordable Care Act, but that wasn't what we thought it was going to be. You know, I thought it was going to be a situation to where it's not fucking free health care, but, you know, we pay something into it and we get something universal out of it. What up, Sturt? Um, but that's not what it turned out to be. It turned out to be a hustle. And I'm not, I'm not a fan of the Affordable Care Act just because it's like three or 30,000 pages. And I don't think anything has to be 30,000 pages. The Constitution is not 30,000 pages. What's that say? But he paranoid. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Um, but it's 30,000 pages. So to me, I'm like, does it really take 30,000 pages? Can we have something simple and straightforward to get the job done? Now, I know once the Affordable Health Care Act came in, my shit doubled, you know. Now, but here's my thing. I'm not worried about my personal health care doubling because I've been blessed to be in a situation to where I make enough money still to pay for it. Now, I still owe a lot of money on some medical bills and shit, but they'll just have to, come, you know, they'll have to catch me on that. Um, but there are people out there that really need care. You know, there's people out there that's really suffering, people out there that's really scared to go to the doctor and shit. And I know... You know, this sounds like the stuff you hear every day on NPR and the news, but this is my show, so fuck it. But now, let's flip on the other side of the coin. I know people who got hit with like $6,000 tax bills because they didn't have insurance. 
And those people are historically liberal, democratic people who I'm like speaking of. Now, um, yeah. So now that person is gonna say, well, damn, I may not even feel Donald Trump. I may not even be down with Donald Trump. I may not even like this kind of shit he says, but if he's gonna repeal this shit and get this tax bill up off me, I may have to go ride with Donald Trump. You see what I'm saying? Because they're like, you know, they're in the mind state, especially if they happen to be uh, European. It's like they may not ever see the system ever really bucking against them, you know, and that fucking tax bill is the system bucking against them. What what you say, Dan? That's the problem with triple cost in any program which we really need to grow. I feel you. I feel you. Let me read that out so the people, when I record this, people can hear what people are saying. So Dan said, that's the problem with government. They triple the cost of any program, which is why the people need to grow a pair <laughs> and help out our fellow. And you know what's so funny? I was listening to, man, I don't know how many years ago this was, but it was saying how historically you had groups like the Shriners and the Charities that would, had hospitals that they sponsored that would help that. But here's the situation. When you get in a situation where there's so many people, how can you, how can you, how can you really, you know, it's a lot for charity to pick up. And let's see what Raj had to say. Well, what about the flip side of the coin? The people who didn't have health insurance, who were able to get health insurance because of the ACA. People like my mom, shot out, shot out. See, that's a great example. And that's what I'm saying. It, there are, like it said, it's 20 million people out there that have insurance under it who stand to lose it. So it's not a horrible thing, you know. It's not the greatest thing in the world either. I think it just depends on a person's perspective. Like I said, from my perspective, I'm not a supersonic fan of the way it was written. What up, nerd? Shout out. It's a lot of 941 in the building. Can we get some hearts and thumbs up for the 941 listeners, please? If y'all can really hit me out there. It's only eight people. What up, Trout? 941 in the house, supersonic. So what I was saying is, is that my man Raj, I don't know if y'all can see it in the comments, just was saying, like, we're talking about the Affordable Care Act. We're talking... Bring everybody up to speed. We're talking about the Affordable Care Act, talking about a lot of people that may have voted for Trump because they they had a negative it had a negative impact on their health insurance situation, which hurts their personal economy, right? And then my man Raj is saying that, uh, well, what about people like his moms who have insurance under the Affordable Health Care Act and historically did not? So now they can get the care, especially if it's your mom. I know that's nine four one dropping all them hearts on them. It's nothing but nine four one. Um, so who is that? Yeah, Supersonic, Making It Rain Hearts. Thank you all very much. So watch this. So I think they cannot repeal it because if they repeal it, they're going to kill their next selection. Shout out now for one of the hearts is dropping like bombs on them. Uh, they can't repeal it because that means everybody that's like my homeboy mama who will immediately lose coverage will automatically be voting for whoever runs as a Democrat, just like a lot of people who voted for Donald Trump were so disenfranchised, they was like, fuck it, I don't give a fuck, you can put Elmo up in that bitch and I'm gonna vote for him. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing, think about it, Donald Trump won. That means these people would have damn near voted for anybody, you know? And my personal thought was, is that Hillary Clinton is so fucking crooked, if they would have put a half decent Republican in there, I may have fucking voted for him. You know what I'm saying? But the shit is crazy. But, you know, moving on, moving on, shit. 
So let, let's switch the script. We talk, we're going to get back to this election because that's what's really killing people all day. Oh, let, no, we ain't going to move the script yet. So I'm listening to NPR this morning, and they're talking about how there's a record. This is like one of the lowest attendances at inauguration. It's people protesting, but it's peacefully. Here's my thing about protesting. And y'all can thumbs down a nigga all y'all want, but here's my thing about protesting. Especially when people just blocking highways and shit. And that was one of my tops. I want to talk about Black Lives Matter. <clears throat> because I like the concept, but I don't know if I like all the techniques. You know, because really, and here's my thing about that old shit. And here's my thing. What up, Corn Dog? Corn Dog, original. Shout out to Corn Dog. Shit, man. Me and him grew up together since like three. What up, cuz? Um, here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about that. Um, oh, totally forgot what I was talking about. Black Lives Matter. Here's the thing about that. Really, when you say Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter is all lives matter. See what I'm saying? The shit is like an equation. BLM equals ALM. That shit is already broke down to the root. You can't break that down no more. You know what balancing an equation is? That's when you have one plus one equals two. It's balanced on each side. You know what I'm saying? Purifier. So BLM is ALM. And would you like to know why? Because the people on this planet who you call black, right? Because, you know, Indian people are brown. It's Indian people darker than my mama. It's Indian people darker than my mama. But they're not black. They'll call them people of color. We went over that earlier. So my whole thing is this. Them real black people, them purple people, them real African people, those, we already know science says that's the beginning of humanity, homo sapien, sapien, no Neanderthal DNA. Huh? So when you say black lives matter, that's, that's, that's everybody, white, black, Puerto Rican, whatever you want to call yourself, whatever ethnicity, at the end of the day, you're still an African. You still black. But the thing of it is, is if you devalue the life of the original, you know what I'm saying? The mother tree, the bush, Frank Koloski, okay, a couple people got birthdays today. That's what's up. Let me slide that off. If, if the value of the original isn't valued, well, then what the fuck? You know, you can't kill the original. Anyways, let's keep going. Like I was saying, I love the concept, and I'm glad the slogan is strong. But I wish there would be more organization. And I guess, you know, it needs leaders. So we finna segue, guys, onto another Donald Trump concept. Since it's Inauguration Day, right? So the next thing I want to talk about is leaders. Because as you know, uh, it's been getting a lot of media coverage about some of the people who have been coming to Trump Tower uh, on behalf of the quote-unquote African-American community to talk to Donald Trump. What's up? That's my wife. She probably on break. Hopefully. I ain't going to call out. Uh, people have been going to, uh, what up, Big Perv? People have been going to Trump Tower on behalf of the black community to meet with Donald Trump, such as, as you know, Steve Harvey, Kanye West, a couple other people. All right. Shout out, Trout. Thanks. Um, to, to speak on behalf of BLM. So, uh, not BLM, but speak on behalf of black people, you know, quote unquote leaders in the black community. But if you follow my Facebook, I know I post Dick Gregory. I know I post Malcolm X talking about it. Why is it that, why is it, let me, let me look. Why is it that the quote unquote leaders in the black community seem to all be entertainers, comedians, 
Hey, Mr. Maris, this is a good question, Mr. Maris. Why is it that all the people Donald Trump talked to who are supposed to be quote unquote leaders in the black community are entertainers, comedians, sports athletes, and all of this shit? From what I'm hearing, he didn't talk to the Congressional Black Congress, no real motherfuckers who was on the ground. Not saying that those people he talked to don't do things in the community, because shit, they got money. I would imagine they all have foundations. But I'm talking about real deal, Holyfield, people who is, you know, you know, the people. You know, I don't have any names or people to call out, but why isn't he talking to those individuals? Like Kanye West is not a leader. Maybe the kids but not adults that's out there trying to do stuff. So, so I don't get it. So to me, black people, and you know, in specific, why are our leaders entertainers? Like, why does, like, what is Ray Lewis going to go out and do, or Steve Harvey? And I understand these are people with platforms. I understand the concept of having a platform. Hold up. Okay, let me see what my man Raj got to say on that. Raj is like, I hate that shit. Steve Harvey does not speak for me. I speak for me. I represent me. I lead me. I want to lead my family one day. Respect. And that's the thing, bro. So it's almost like a slap in the face. It's like, how you got motherfucking Steve Harvey? He doesn't represent. I mean, okay, I'm going to take this back. He is a representation. He is a, not and, get your grammar right. He is a representation and a very fine representation of an intelligent, hardworking, smart black man, King, represent. And really, all of the people he talked to, for the most part, in some way are. You know, everybody has their flaws. But why didn't you talk to Dick Gregory if you want to talk to a comedian or an entertainer? Somebody who is a real civil rights veteran, you know, damn near a living ancestor and a legend. Why don't you talk to Dick Gregory? He can tell you some real shit, you know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of it, like, you know, T.I. was saying it's photo op stuff. But some of the people that, what up, Ryan? Some of the people, these new younger people that they may be trying to draft into the Republican Party may be young and have impressionable minds and think, oh, because he is talking to these quote-unquote celebrities and personalities and stuff. Oh, he's cool. Almost trying to use that technique that Bill Clinton used when he was playing the sax and all this and that shit. And then Hillary Clinton, when she trying to talk to Obama and shit. I mean, talk to, um, who did she talk to? Fuck. Jay-Z, having a whole Jay-Z, Beyonce connection and shit. Trying to use celebrities. And I'm like, why is it that they feel like they can drag a celebrity in front of a nigga and get a vote? Yeah. And, and really, if you think about it, let me get on black people again. If you think about it, that's why... That's why really we didn't really get a lot out of Obama because what lobby, like right now, anybody in the comments, there's only six people, but this is going to go out to the world. So if you're hearing this now or later, what lobby can I send my money to the lobby on my behalf as, uh, as a young male, African-American by their standards in this? There is no other lobby. So who was lobbying Obama for us, right? Because you got the NRA lobbying, you got XYZ group lobbying. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm getting older, but who, so who's going to lobby on our behalf for Trump? We just had fucking millionaires go talk to him about who knows what. So it's millionaires. What up, Ben? So we got millionaires talking to millionaires. But who lobbies on our behalf against Trump? Because nobody lobbied on our behalf against uh, Obama, 
Bush, Clinton, or the other presidents that ever existed. You know, so I think, what up, Bantan? So I think we need to get like a lobby together to approach this Trump situation because if we're not lobbying him and lobbying the people in Washington, D.C., man, you can march till you have holes in your shoes. Them people don't give a damn about that. Okay, they give a damn about money and they almost don't give a damn about that. They give a damn about power and persuasion. And the way we can have persuasion is by lobbying, is by using your dollar. Here's another example. You know, like one of the most successful things in the civil rights movement, the tool was the boycott. And here's some, some real numbers. I think on the, uh, I, I don't want to say the wrong city, but I think it was Selma, when they was boycotting buses. Whatever they did, the, boy, the bus boycott, whatever that bus line, their profit margin was 7%, okay? So anybody that do business know that I spend all this money trying to keep my business running, and then I make money, right? So my profit margin is 7%, right? Which means I'm making 7%. So guess what? Some smart person did the math, and they said, well, the Negro dollar represents 10% of their money. So if we start riding their buses, they will be negative 3%. Let's boycott. See what I'm saying? They can't put a gun to your head and make you give them your dollars. You see? Only we can do that by buying this cheap ass shit. That's why I promise I wear Walmart shit every day of my life. You know? Because I'm like, I refuse to be a walking billboard for some fucking company who does not care. You know? So, like I'm saying, instead of throwing our dollars in the dumb shit under this Trump presidency, we need to try to start a business because it is my theory that he's going to do stuff yeah, that's man. friendly to the small businessman to fulfill his word, or he will it. only be a four-term, so, a four-year like president. Podcast, so man, you know, panic, I'm trying to start worry. as many businesses as possible. I'm figuring out how to get man. fictitious names, LLC, some cheap-ass uh, insurance, and any idea I have, this is going to turn into a business. You know, because like I said, under Obama. I bought a house, lost a bunch of money in the bitch, Harp 2.0 came out, now I have two houses. You have to learn how to ride the wave. Read these fucking laws and statutes, man. The shit is really not hard to understand. It's just that you'd be amazed. I'm trying to open up a concessions business. You literally, my son can read this shit. It's not written in, you know, some foreign language. Now, shit like the Affordable Health Care Act, now that's going to be different because it's 30,000 pages. We can get inside some of our local statutes, codes, and stuff and figure out how we can do something, you know, because it's working for somebody's stuff is not really where it's at, you know. And like I said, I love my job. I think I'm in the best place in my life professionally right now. And then that has me feeling nervous. You know, I have post-traumatic hood disorder. I'm like, man, this shit is too great. Like, fuck, something's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? You know, shit, shit. All right, man, let's get back on this. Let's get back on this, this list of shit here, man. Because this inauguration day, I think he's going in at like 10-something. So this will be over. This is an hour podcast, so this will be over at like 10, about 24, 30 minutes. We have a lot of stuff still to go. But, uh, so shit. So shit, shit, shit. Let's, let's, let's flip it over. So I don't know how many of y'all are really conscious and into that kind of stuff. If not, I will know because all of y'all will start listening. But you know, there's been a lot of beef in the conscious community. And by that, I mean... The conscious black community talking about uh, Dr. Umar Imhotep Johnson and Sarah Sutton Seti. And I don't know if you ever got into Seti Raj, but, uh, but the shit is retarded. And the reason I say that is because if anybody has noticed, 
I have been changing my profile picture every day and I got to change it today. I think I'm going to do a female today. I'm going to do Francis Crest Resling, black scholar. Um, but our new scholars were, they kind of suck. And the reason I say that is because the people who, who I kind of came up on, shout out to uh, my mentor, Gennanimo or Nibade Atiba, who introduced me to all these authors like John Henry Clark, Dr. Joseph Ben and Asa Hilliard, Ivan Van Sertema, Francis Cress Wilson, um, you know, and many, Sheikh Anta Diop, um, Carter G. Woodson, of course, Frederick Douglass. Um, you know, all these great minds, thinkers, studies, and people who wrote stuff. Uh, we see it went like the three to four. I told you when we get on this on this real shit, them people they ain't ready for this. So, so it's like those kind of people are the people who I was introduced to being conscious on, and these are all people with you know three, four, five degrees or the triple PhD, like people who have studied, people who have been to Africa, people who have been all over the world, and then it is their sole want to just bring this information out to the masses, you know, and say, hey guys, hey guys, you know how they said you just was some person that came over here in the bottom of a boat? Well, it's not really just that. That's not where it started from. And these guys was kicking this like in the, in the uh, would have been the 70s, probably late 60s, 70s, 80s. These particular guys who I came up on, it was people before them. You know, you have uh, Noble, I can't even, oh, yeah, Drew Ali, Noble Drew Ali. You know, people going way back, who was doing it way back. But, uh, but the way the information was presented to me was in a very scholarly fashion. You know, I grew up in the Church of Christ. The way they preach in the Church of Christ is a very scholarly fashion. So that's kind of how I got introduced to my extended history as an African-American, you know, by, by these people who have books. You know, they're writing books with references like John Henry Cart, Black Man of the Nile. Uh, no, that's Joseph Benyakin and Black Man of the Nile. Ivan Van Sertum of the Moors before Columbus. Uh, Francis Quilf Wilson, I think is genetic, genetic something. But uh, that's how I got introduced to these things. Now I see a lot of people out there that are fighting, rah-rah, cussing, going crazy, trying to fight. And I'm like, I don't even see you guys holding up the books no more. Like they used to come out and be like, oh man, we finna, we finna read out a black man of the Nile and da 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 We finna go to some Meta Netter and da 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 da. We finna go over some deities. Da, da. Even Bobby Hammett, if you even look at Bobby Hammett, who is the most entertaining, if anybody, uh, y'all, I know, but Bobby Hammett and mm, a team would be mad that I can't remember this brother's name. I'll remember it before it's over. I can see his face. But even Bobby Hammett, uh, don't forget about uh, Booker T. Coleman. Phil Valentine. I'm just giving y'all these names in case y'all want to check them out. Aileen L. Bay. Uh, you know, all these people is the people I grew up listening to. I came up listening to. I was grown already. But it always presented just pure information and, and work cited, not emotionalism. Emotionalism will fuck a person up. Let's go back to the election. Emotionalism. Who is this? Roger, boy, I love you. You stand with me. Let's go. The beef is pretty stupid. Umar is ridiculous, though. He proclaimed himself the prince of the African conscious movement. Fuck that. But the truth is, MLK and Malcolm didn't really see. Okay, I want to hit the more button, 
but I don't want to fuck up my recording. So I'm gonna have, y'all want to see that comment hit it and see. Now we on that real heat. We only down to two people, but people at work still too. But my thing is, is that emotionalism is kind of what got us in this Donald Trump situation, because people is so emotional that uh, oh. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ride this one out. People are so emotional that they kind of let their emotions overshadow their better judgment. And I think that goes for Donald Trump supporters and Hillary Clinton supporters. Because, check, Donald Trump supporters are so emotional they voted for Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton supporters are so emotional they was burning shit up. That could have been agent provocateurs, though. That could have been the setup. But... Moving forward, I think we need to set our emotions to the side. You know what I'm saying? It's time to set our emotions to the side. What's up, Regina? Um, and kind of just focus on what we're trying to do in 2017 because worrying about who's president and the silly shit they tweet, that tweet shit, I'm going to tell you right now, that tweet shit is look at this hand while I come at you with this hand. So that's why I'm glad I still ain't really even on Twitter. I don't give a fuck what you tweet because a tweet is not an official statement. A uh, tweet is not an official document until they say that. So to me, all a tweet is is getting is that that's him getting the media riled up on some dumb shit so they can do what they want to do. You know, historically, they would have to, like, have somebody shoot some shit up to go do some underhanded stuff. Now he can just tweet down that whole dumb and then they can go run operations all across the world because we'll be caught up on some social emotional stuff versus really worrying about what's actually taking place, you see? So, also, okay, let's slow it down. Also, a lot of people have been uh, referencing his nominees for his cabinet. Um, a lot of those people seem to not know what they are doing. You know, I heard the watch the thing with the lady that he nominated for education, and that's kind of scary to me. I have a kid a child and kid and another daughter who's getting ready to go into public school and it's like i hope he's not finna like bush and totally fuck it up you know it's pretty okay now where i'm at or where the where it's at now but actually no it's not no it's not it's kind of fucked up now because the reality of it is that we have to drive our son from if any of y'all is from gainesville from late road all the way to Glen Springs, which is not that far if you live in a big city, but for us, it's like, fuck, that's like 15, 20 miles or 10 miles. We passed five other elementary schools to take our son to a B-rated school because the school right here, Lake Forest Elementary, is an F-rated school. So my thing is, is we do have an issue with the, with the fair education because let's look at my situation. I live in a nice little community here on the east side, super predominantly black. Uh, my neighborhood is is very biracial, but it's chill. 45 houses under president of a little HOA. Uh, real nice. And then my area is all houses. So that means everybody that lives here is like people renting a house or people who own a house. So the demographic is chill. It's not a lot of rah-rah. It's no really apartments around. So you don't have a heavy concentration of people. You know, everybody got yards, but the school down the road is a F school for like multiple years in a row. And it's like, well, shit, when it's time for me to send my son to school, do I send him to the F school? You know, am I supposed to be that hip person that says, well, it's public school? Because I listen to this on the radio a lot. And 
shit. The weird thing is, is that the the conversation is always framed like this. White people will gentrify an area but won't send their kids to the school. And I'm like, well, shit, I'm black. I live in this area and I don't want to send my kids to that school because it's an F school. And I know that the culture that some of those kids may have is a stark difference from the culture I'm trying to impart in my son. You see? Because I know when I was in kindergarten and shit, we was already on loop in kindergarten. Pop that pussy, doodle brown, poison clan, hunching, you know, trying to see somebody pussy, do you got hell, all of that shit. You know, in kindergarten first, it was some shit. You know, kids grow up fast. You know, and I and I'm not trying to overshelter them, but I just know that's really not the way the shit should be. You know? What up, Jay? I'm gonna be there in a minute. I'm coming to train today. Jason Dodd, Global Mixed Martial Arts, shout out. We opened a new spot downtown February. Get the free plug. So, but all I was saying is, is that, you know, I don't want my son to have that same experience that I had with going to a school to where you're easily the smartest person in class. And nobody notices that shit. Like me. Man, I would finish my work. I'd be in that bitch. Done. Check it. Boom, it's right. What you want me to do now? Sit down and be quiet. Okay, well, you telling a person who has a hyperactive mind, it's like, you saw how quick I just did that shit? Apparently, my mind is like that. So, you got to sit down. So, now you start talking and shit. Then you get in trouble. Now, it's like, you're a troublemaker. It's like, how the fuck am I a troublemaker? I'm the smartest thing in the room. So, watch. Fourth grade come around. Okay, we in class. And I remember in fourth grade, that's probably... Yeah, I remember fourth grade, I used to be a little, I have a smart mouth. My daughter have a smart mouth too. We're just quick. That's how I can rap. I have a quick mind. So I'll be saying smart shit. So one day they say, they start calling out names. So-and-so, 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 so-and-so. Grab your desk. It was some desk that had a little slot and then it's a flat top. Grab your desk. The shit was light. So we grab our desk. We walk out to a portable because this was in the big building. So they take us out to a portable. So I'm like, oh, shit, okay. Why are we doing this? Oh, it's because there's too many kids in the class. Okay. So I'm noticing that everybody in the portable is, like, acting out. Like, it's bitches on desk, throwing paper, wilding out. I'm like, wow, is this the bad, is this the bad kids' class? What the fuck am I doing in here? You know, and I feel like shit like that kept happening to me throughout my life. It's like whatever disposition I have, whether it may be a little hyperactive or something, uh, ADH, whatever the fuck, it never was caught that, wow, this guy's really, really smart. It would just be, wow, this guy's, he taught, he's being a smart ass, or he needs to be quiet, or this or that. So, you know, I don't want my son to go to a school to where they're not noticing his potential. You know, I feel like in a lot of schools that, underserved and are understaffed and underfunded potential is not recognized example right down the road from that elementary school is Eastside High School they have a I don't think it's called a magnet program it's called some kind of program if y'all know what the program is type it in the comments but they have a program to where you can get college credits and do advanced shit but that shit is like a different school on the high school campus so it's not like okay it's not like the kids in this community are getting really access to that stuff, but that's how they sell it. Oh, shit. Over on the east side, we got the IB program. There it is. It hit me. The IB program, and you can goddamn do this and that in the third. 
But the kids that stay right next to the east side is not, you know, probably it's probably locked doors and shit. You got to have a badge to get in to even be around that stuff. And the kids that are in it are getting bust in, just like Williams over here. The kids that are in that are getting bust in, you know, but they will sell it as, oh, you putting all this stuff in your community. It's in the community, but it's not for the community. It could be, you know, it could be. And matter of fact, wait a second. Yeah, because matter of fact, here goes another example. One of my neighbors sent their daughter to Williams. Dual enrollment. Tell them about it. Dual enrollment. Um, so what about dual enrollment, though? No, it's not dual enrollment. It's the IB program. Um, but you can dual enroll if you do the thing with Santa Fe, too, at any high school. But here's the thing about it. Why is it that I have to drive my son way across Gainesville so he can get a decent education? You know, thank you, IB Magnet Program. Why do I have to drive him way across town so that he can get good resources and stuff without being in a special program? And, oh, oh, and now here's another thing, too. Now, watch this. Remember how I said, what up, Iceberg Schlem? Remember how I said a lot of times in underserved, fuck it, a lot of times in ghetto schools, we're going to keep This is my show. A lot of times in ghetto schools, a motherfucker be smart as hell, but it's not recognized. And I know a lot of people that rap probably can recognize that because if you can really rap and freestyle, you're usually smart because you, you, you're automatically a poet. You know, so how is it we have a million niggas rapping and y'all should have all A's in English because you're a poet. You're a writer. Let's story time. Story time. Watch this. 12th grade. I'm pretty smart, so all I need is two credits to graduate high school, right? But I have been introduced to smoking weed because, you know, when I was going to these predominantly black schools, I was terrified because I'm from a small town and people know my mama, so I'm not skipping. I'm not doing shit. So they bust me. Fuck, I, I was part of a busing program. This is getting deep. I was part of a busing program. So I get bussed across town. And now there's no gates and shit. There's no people chasing you when you leave school. Like at Southeast in 1990, whatever the fuck, eight, when you skipped school, you jumped the gate and ran like you was running from the police. Reasons off for coming out here. <laughs> so it's like, I never wanted to participate in that shit. And then you get arrested and shit, right? I'm like, whoa, shit. So then I go to Manatee High School and shout out to Shannon and Jenny. I think it was either Shannon, Jenny, and Kanan, somebody. We walking off the campus to go to the church and get the car. And fuck, it's like, I'm like doing like this and shit, being all paranoid. And they're like, what are you doing, CeeLo? Just what are you doing? It's okay, let's just go. And uh, shit, and that was, that was it. I got turned out. I was skipping school all the time. So fast forward to 12th grade, you know I'm not really giving a fuck. Uh, Landy, what up? Uh, fast forward to 12th grade, only got two classes. And we got this senior project. Long story short, I didn't do the senior project. I should have did it. It was cool. But I was like, fuck it. Didn't do it. So at this point, I'm slated not to graduate because this project is like half your grade. I'm going to say this lady name. She did a lot for my life, Mrs. Varner. This lady it was really awesome. Um, she said, you know that little rap thing you do? I'm going to take you to every English class right now. Y'all stand here and just chill. I'm going to take you to every English class, and I want you to do that in front of them. If you do it, you'll pass. I'll pass you for the year. So listen to this, world. The way Sun Diesel, C. Scott passed high school 
was rapping. I literally rapped my way out of high school because if I wouldn't have passed that class, I wouldn't have graduated. And I only had two classes, which I was being a silly young person, not giving a fuck. It was English and history, and I love history, so that was easy. And English was really easy, too. But I just didn't do the fucking project. It was like making a movie or something. I should have did it. But, yeah, I freestyle for, like, all that. I'm, like, going, like, rip. anybody who was in Manatee High School that saw that, because there were some people who remember that shit, I went in there and just destroyed freestyles. No cussing, no nothing, and got my, my, my high school diploma, man. You know, but for all the rappers out there, question was y'all greatness recognized in public school landy you you watching and landy is 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 vicious that's vicious i remember at, uh city gear back in the day shout out anybody who remember city gear judd you know rapping and stuff the man is wicked how many of those people that rap like really oh the dog is whining to go out hush mama that really was wicked um really felt like people in their school noticed that, you know, or just anything felt like they noticed it. So long story short, with this whole back to Donald Trump with his education appointee or nominee, I'm just hoping that even though the lady seems hyper fucking incompetent, you know, to a flaw, that it doesn't get worse. It really only can get better because for people like me, I can't even send my son to the school over here. I literally drive all over Gainesville and shit, picking up my kids because I can't get like, man, I can have my mama pick them up if it was right there. It's literally three blocks away. I can see it. I can look down the road and see the shit. And I drive my son 20 minutes across town to go to school. Hold on. Give me one second. I got to let this dog out. So, what up, Debo? So, yeah, man. So, let's get back to this whole supersonic Trump thing. So, then, we talked about his nominee for education. Not Okay, hold up, hold up. That bitch don't know shit about education from my man Iceberg Slim Oliver. The bitch, that bitch don't know, I'm going to read it. That bitch don't know shit about education. And she doesn't. So, my question is, but here's the thing, guys. Let's peak game. Republicans, and I'm not Republican or Democrat, but they're notorious for farming out public stuff to private entities. Their thing is make government smaller. So, and if you're listening, Daniel, you tell me what you think. Their idea is to make government smaller. So instead of having a public prison where the taxpayers have to pay all this, let's privatize it, right? Okay, instead of having a bunch of public education, let's do charters, right? So, but what it does is, is it opens up the opportunity. Remember what I said? for businesses to come in, usually gigantic corporations, but they will sell it as, oh, well, now uh, we're shutting down da-da-da-da so we can get this charter school and da-da-da-da and experiment and better da da And what really ends up happening is you will have a charter school and then this demographic of people can get together and only let certain people into certain charter schools and then it's just like free private school because you get public funds for the charter and then they can they can book this shit up like a private school and let whoever they want in it. It's a big hustle. Just like privatized prisons is nothing but is is literally verbatim and I hope y'all three motherfuckers that's still riding with me. Well here it is. Privatized prison is slavery. And I will tell you how. 
This is how I privatized prison and slavery. The 13th Amendment says, and it, oh, shout out to Netflix. If you haven't seen it, go to Netflix and watch the 13th. Because I have been saying this for a long time. They made a great documentary on it. The 13th Amendment says that involuntary, involuntary servitude or slavery shall be abolished unless a person is being punished for a crime. Google it. Y'all got cell phones if you can see me. Google it. Google the 13th Amendment. It says, except when a person is being punished for a crime or a person is convicted of a crime. So here's the thing. If you get convicted of a crime, your ass is automatically an involuntary servant because they take that bond that's on your head and sell it on the stock market. You can look the shit up. You can look up what lot your birth certificate is on. I have done it. I have done it. Matter of fact, it's a YouTube video on how to do it. Let me let the dog back in. Shit. Uh, so literally literally the shit is slavery because watch this when you have a person in there and they making textiles license plates whatever you paying the pennies on the dollar nigga that's slavery look at slavery most times they gave you a place to stay a shack now they have a cell okay slaves had food shelter they give you that shit slaves probably ate a lot better than prisoners man come on they you have a little garden and shit when you're a slave or whatever most times when you're a prisoner you eating shit unless you got some commissary right okay not to mention there are way more people in prison than there were people enslaved okay so the the trick of it is and as we all know you write laws to criminalize a person's life. So, okay, y'all like to smoke weed, weed's illegal. You know, you like to smoke crack, crack gets higher punishment than coke. You just criminalize a person's life and then you put them in a box. And then as that box, they become like a box in a warehouse. This box has a serial number. I can sell rights to this box because watch this, when you privatize a prison or you privatize aspects of a prison, now the food is privatized. The, let me put my fingers over here. The food is privatized. The telephone is privatized. The laundry is privatized. All these corporations have to do this thing, do these things, and they'll get paid tax dollars. You see, or in certain privatized situations, when the prisoners get out, they have to pay that shit back. You know, and I, what is it? Uh, Prison Corp of America, PC, PCA, or something. But the new hustle, people. The new hustle is uh, global monitoring, because what? Okay, who? Oh, Iceberg Slim coming again. Man, these motherfuckers all legalized hustles, hustlers. You know the world is fucked up when elect when they elect the reality star for president. You know, but you know Ronald Reagan was an actor too, though. But you know that is the truth. But here's the thing: you have to realize too that after Barack Obama was president, there are certain people that's like, well, shit, fuck it. Why not? You know, what do we have to lose? You know, I don't understand how he was elected either. I don't understand how he was elected either. But but what, like I said, we just have to figure out how to move on and groove on through the thing. So a lot of the people he's appointing to this cabinet is what I was talking about. We just have to watch what they do. We have to watch what he actually says in capacity as president. Fuck that tweet shit. A tweet don't do nothing. 
I want to know what you're officially saying. We also have to be careful about how he interacts with the media because that can be dangerous. Because if you have somebody coming out with some real live information and the president-elect is just going to defame it, then it's going to be dangerous. Let's go. Okay, here we go. Look, okay, Chad. Uh, when I went to a magnet program at Santa Fe High School, I was on for a different school. Once I was accepted, they provided me with a bus to be picked up in my town, taken to another school to catch my last bus. Let me see if I can see more what Chad said without messing up my live. Okay, I don't want to try to do that because I don't want to mess up my stream. So Chad, you also pretty much got bus too and stuff. But now what I will say is, this is what I will say about my, because we were talking about school and busing earlier. Sorry, I'm hopping all over the place. But what I will say about my busing experience is that it was overall a good experience because it did allow me to get out of my little neighborhood. Um, I saw the rest of Bradenton, at least. And really, honestly, that is good because a lot of people I know didn't get to see that at a young age. They saw some crazy shit at a young age, but they didn't get to see how other people live, you know. Uh, so to me, and I made some great friends. Like, man, a lot of the people I still fuck with today, Shannon, Jenny, Kanan, Suarez, you know, the real clique. Um, you know, I met at Manatee High School and we're friends, like, talk on the phone, call each other all the time. To this day, I had my wedding reception and came to Mama House. Like, these are my brothers and sisters and shit, people I met as an outcome of being bust. Because what it was was integration. Like, the, the, the truth of the matter is, is that I participated in straight integration. You know, let's see, Iceberg. Then he puts Carson in charge of her program. We're going to get back to that. But, you know, I was, I was uh, you know, a product of integration, and I feel like that did help me because it did show me a lot of different stuff. Another example, Kanan's mama, when I was trying to get my first house, I, my shit wasn't 100%. She called the people in neighborhood housing, and they, like, helped me out in an amazing way. You know, so it's not, like I keep telling people, it's not a bot race. And, and I got about eight minutes left before I got to go to jujitsu. So we finna get off the election. We finna get off all this other shit. We're going to get on some solutions from, from the big dogs. Uh, okay, so, and I don't know why they got Ben Carson over Hood, Iceberg. I don't know what the fuck they doing, bro. Ben Car like I said, Ben Carson should have been over health because he's a surgeon. But, uh, bro, I'm, I'm, people, I'm going to be honest with you. I got to wrap this bitch up. I'm, I'm going to try to gotta be at jiu-jitsu at 11. It's no-gi today, too. Got to remember that. No-gi today. All I will say is, is, man, don't fall for the foolishness. Don't let people play that race card, man. And the reason I say that is because, as a black man, I know we're very racially sensitive. I mean, we've been beaten up on a lot. We like born beating up on and shit. So you can't let them play you like that. You know, we can't not allow. I bet you don't. I am. It's Austin. Austin. Austin from Mixon. Is this Austin from Mixon? The only Austin I would know is Austin from Mixon. Um, but like I said, when we get emotional, man, we make rash decisions. And, and making rash decisions can have us fucking laid out in the street. Because I'm going to tell you right now, it's not time to try to go to war with nobody. You can't go to war with the motherfucker who make the guns. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. And we don't have any resources. We don't have no ammo. We don't have no, what is, what is the shit called? 
We don't got no cantina. We don't got no armor. We don't have no foreign assistance. Oh, what up, man? Throwback. <laughs> Throwback. Whoa. That's a real mixing veteran now for one official. Um, but we don't we don't need to be trying to escalate the hostility and negativity. What well, now I say that you can't fall for the bullshit and you gotta call out bullshit when you see it. But I think it's time to do more organizing, more like plot say plan plot strategize. It's time to plan plot strategize. You see what I'm saying? So that when we do make a concerted effort, black, white, purple, and pink to come together and 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 and, and stand up against whatever we do feel is wrong, it'll make sense. It won't be, let's shut down the highway while a motherfucker is dying in the ambulance. You know what I'm saying? My whole thing is if some crazy shit happen, if I was everybody, nigga, I'd go in the house. Hey, man, we're going to meet up here. We're going to talk about this shit. No, no camera, no police cameras, no nothing, no television, no nothing. That's when people get scared. That's when people get nervous. Because then they're like, oh, shit. What are they thinking? What they going to do? When you on the news screaming and shit, this is my son. Nigga, this is what I'm finna do. This is what I'm finna do. Oh, that's what they finna do. Why you think politicians don't really talk when they debate? Because you can't tell the enemy what you finna do. I'm not saying the government's the enemy. I'm not saying Donald Trump is the enemy. I hope he does a very great fucking job as president. You know, I'm not saying I hope his agenda works. I said I hope he does a great job as president for all Americans. If you don't want him to do a good job for all Americans, you're fucked. Because... I just accept the reality. The system we're in is is the government and them people are bosses. Every person out there has a job. You hold the office of citizen. Look up some fucking shit in the law dictionary, man. The shit is serious. We all have a corporate office. I mean, an office. That's why it's a fucking republic. It's our democracy. What's up, Austin? Pop been preaching this shit so long. Now it's coming to light. Bro, these legits don't even fucking know about pop, man. They're not even listening to pop, bro. That's what I'm saying. They listen to... Man, if you go listen to pop, man, pop was preaching this shit like a fucking preacher, man. It's so weird. I feel like an old person, man. I mean, I, I hope I make it to jiu-jitsu because I'm feeling... I'm, I'm hyped right now. Uh, I feel like an old person, man, because I'm like, the shit that these jits be listening to is so... It's, it's catchy and it's good music, but it's like, it's scrap up time. It's so, it's wartime. What happened after the civil rights movement? It's like, we went dead to fucking sleep. Yeah, that's how I feel. It's like, niggas went to sleep. They got cozy and shit. They went to party and shit. Disco. It's like, man, it's, this shit is real. And people just want to party and walk around with $100,000 in cash. They just do that shit. For a little kid and weak-minded people to look at that and not think about reality. Fuck making a million dollars, nigga. Open a business and compete with that Asian dude that's selling candy and tobacco to our kids. I'm finna try to open up a little refreshment stand on their ass and see if I can do it. I feel like it's a crazy idea, but I'm like, fuck. What the fuck? We have to try to do more than just play basketball and all of that kind of shit. What up, d Reese? Um, thank you. We got to try to do more than, it, yeah, these rappers out here is junkies. And I think a lot of them are not junkies. They just promote that shit so we can become junkies. See what I'm saying? That lean and shit. I'm so glad I, that was like before my time. Like my time was ecstasy, acid, weed, liquor, beer, period. And then I noticed motherfuckers start popping Lord Towels, 2001. I go home for a party. Bit, 
Everybody like popping these little small ass pills. I'm like, what the fuck is y'all doing? Oh man, you lawyer tells the volume they great. You want one? No. Where the weed at? Um Thank you, bro. Um uh, so then it's like, damn, where the weed at? And then it's just like the shit went downhill from there. Niggas drinking liquid, liquid codeine, all this shit. And I'm just like, bro, that shit is heroin. When did heroin become cool? When did crack become cool? I remember one time I took a homeboy out to me to like a quote unquote white boy gathering or like, you know, I'm hanging out with my friends from, from high school, got my homie from the hood with me. I never really missed the screams. That's another podcast. So I'm out there. So RIP, one of our homeboys come up with a big bag of fish scale. Y'all know his name. I ain't going to put him out there like that. So we chilling. So my man said, anybody want to take a bump of this, come in the closet. We was in, you know, whose closet in that apartment. So the next thing, you know, I'm like, nah, happy Friday. Sounds good. He'll see, take care. All right, Chad, I'll see you a little later. Um, so, so they go in the closet and bam, bam, bam. Anybody want some more? I'm like, nah, we straight. Next thing you know, my cousin's like, oh, I'll get some. I'm like, bro, what the fuck you talking about, nigga? We don't sniff coke. But now nah, this guy had sold crack for quite some time because he started selling crack in like middle school. Now we in like 11th grade. So I would imagine just handling it. I don't know. I never seen a nigga do no shit like that. So next thing you know, nigga done took a bump of the shit. Now nah, they trying to buy coke from the white friend, trying to, the black, my black friend is trying to buy coke from my white friend to cook up. But the shit won't cook up right. And I'm baby in the middle of it. And I'm just like, shit, this is why I don't really cross the screens and shit and all of that. But. Long story short, man, y'all don't let this Trump shit get to y'all. Don't be out here looking at people funny. And don't get mad if a motherfucker look at you funny because here's the thing. This shit is a temple, bro. I'm not really into church and all that. I appreciate everything I gathered from my Christian upbringing and respect all the strong Christian people who made me who I am. Okay? But I'm on some different stuff. So my whole thing is this is the temple. Only thing, real talk about that drug problem. But 941 is like fucked up, boy. 941 is like fucked up. But so anyways, like this is the temple. So my thing is, is a nigga can say or throw anything at the temple. The words are not rocks. So a nigga say, Courtney, you a nigga piece of shit. Okay, so I can't give you control of my body. You can call me what you want to call me, bro. This is, these are my hands. Long as you don't touch me, or in the state of Florida, make a physical threat against my life because then the hammer can come out because all I have to do is have a reasonable fear of threat and then you can use, you can take somebody's life. Know that. Concealed weapons. Fuck! I may miss jujitsu because I got to tell people to get their concealed weapon. Um, you know, don't let that shit come into the temple, man. Don't let somebody affect your mood and your emotions, you know, because right now Trump is playing on people's emotions whether you're a Trump supporter or not. Okay, like I said, I don't really care either which way, you know, like I said, I'm hard working, so it's not going to affect me and my family. I think it's either going to affect broke motherfuckers or people who are not trying to do shit. If you getting it in. Okay, who is this? They acting like this shit new. Quit this shit be going on. Man, I'm trying to tell you, bro. That's why I said I ain't worried. What can you do? What can they do? They done took everything from us. They took our names, our history, our gods, culture, ethnicity. Fuck. We're just like 
babies, man. That's why, and I'm gonna get off here after this, but you know how they used to call black men and women boys and girls because they had us like dolls. Do you know why a doll has floppy ears and it's not why it lost its wolf contributions? The reasons dogs and wolves are different is because when a wolf becomes domesticated, it never exits by adolescence, psychologically and physiologically. It never becomes an adult because if it did, it would bite your ass. Okay, so what happened is, you see, everybody left when I, you know, you raised good people at work. <laughs> you know, you was raised good people at work. You're right. So, um, and you see, they be leaving when I be hitting that heat, Austin, because watch this. The reason they call black men and women boys and girls is because they kept us psychologically adolescent. Huh? So it doesn't matter if you're 70, you have the mind of a fucking 12-year-old, and I fucking make sure you do, because if you read or think or show any intelligence, I'm going to fuck you up, okay? That's the truth. When people want to talk about slavery, it wasn't all bad as long as you act like a fucking, long as you did what you was told and looked at the ground and shut the fuck up, it was pretty okay. But look at today. Oh, he got killed for not listening to the police. That's the same fucking thing, ain't it? Thank you. I was just going to say, somebody give me a fucking thumbs up. Is that not the same fucking thing? Huh? You're not listening to the police. You get shot. Look at the guy on the interstate. The nigga's walking back to his car. You had three guns on me. I'm not from Iraq. I'm not from Afghanistan. I have never had a gun put to my head in my life. A person put the gun to my head. I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do. Now, if I feel threatened and I have my gun, I know what I would do. But if the bitch is already at my head, cop, I'm thinking I'm dead. Okay? I'm not finna lie to you. When the police come up on me and pull me over, I put my hands on the steering wheel like this and, and do spirit fingers. And the first thing I say is, hey, I don't want to die. And they usually laugh and stuff. And they say, sir, you can put your hands down. And I say, yes, I can, but I'm not. I want to live. Can you get out the car? I damn near put my shoulder out the window when I get out of that bitch. You understand what I'm saying? But think about that. That's how I have to behave to ensure I make it home to my family. Oh, well, Court, you don't have to do that. Da -da 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 -da. My ass, if a person, what's up, Marley? Uh, if a person has a gun on you or a gun on them, and I have a concealed weapons permit, so if, I'm, if I got the heat on me and I'm getting pulled over, do you have any weapons in the car? I got to say yes. And when I say yes, his, uh, his anxiety just went through the fucking roof. I remember one time I got pulled over for, for some shit. And it was, it was like 3D. And man, I had to get some shit out of my car, my, uh, my uh, registration. But it's in a drawer under the seat. So man, I was like, man, can you please grab it? I don't want to open up that drawer. Cause it's like the helmet, it's, it's crazy, but get your concealed weapons permit. Don't have all this anxiety. Love your brother and sister. Do not get fucking manipulated by crazy speech. I have to go to jujitsu. Uh, I'm gonna try to release this on Monday. So if you didn't catch it live on Facebook, catch us live on Monday. Shout out to Marley. Shout out to my dog Austin. Shout out to Daniel, Roger, Ben, Chris, all my people, Chad, everybody who listened today on Facebook. Uh, WW, you know, I do all that stuff in the outro, so I'm going to do some jujitsu. I'm not gonna listen to, I'm gonna try not to listen to NPR on the ride there because it's gonna blow my high, my vibe. I'm sorry, it's gonna blow my vibe and all of that. So, 
Deuces. I got faded tattoos. I got holes in my shoes. Got a beat of guitar. And I can show single blues. And it's hard every day. But I'm still gonna play. Got one love in this life. No one can take that. I'm going to be honest with you, that song there is powerful. My man said, I got one love in this life and nobody can take it away. I think we got to really try to remember that as we're in this era of Donald Trump. Because a lot of people don't seem to be, you know, remembering that only you can make you happy. Only you can make you sad. Only, you know what I'm saying? You have to let things come in to affect you. So... Remember, everybody, check us out on the website, www.tellmethetruth-podcast.com. I always forget the dash, dash podcast.com. Check us out on all of our links. You know what they is, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, what's that, Google Plus, everything. We're on everything. So just check us out. You know, do what it do, but whatever you do, have discussions with people. Don't just assume. I mean, like last night I had a discussion with a Trump supporter and uh, this person told me that for the first time in their life, they feel nervous when they see like large groups of black males or like certain types of black people walking in public. And I said, okay, well, my thing is, is how often do you see large groups of black people walking in public? (laughs) First of all, and I was like, and this person was a white female, and I was just like saying, well, more people that look like me have died behind people that look like you than vice versa. So really, if anybody should be scared, I should be scared of you. You can say some shit and get me off there, whatever, by the police real quick. But I say that to say this. It's much better to have discourse because even though me and this person are diametrically opposite, we can still talk to each other. And at the end of that conversation not have negative feelings towards each other and be like, oh, well, that was a good conversation. It was good to hear your opinion or get your side of the view because we're not offending each other. We're just sharing our opinions. So I think the next four years needs to include a lot of that, a lot of discourse. So you may find out, hey, this person is not as crazy as I thought. You may find out this motherfucker is as crazy as I thought or a little bit of both. But, you know, with all of that being said, love your neighbor like you love yourself. And if you can't tell the truth, don't talk about it. Deuces. Convict. Convict. Three. Hey, Con and Young Jesus. Hey. Trying to take it easy. Only way to go.
living in hell First they give us the work, then they throw us in jail Road trip, yeah, I'm trafficking the white Please, Lord, don't let me go to jail tonight yeah. Who me? I'm a soul survivor Ask about him in the street, the boy Jesus right. A hundred grand on my wrist, yeah, life sucks <laughs> Fuck the club, dog. I'd rather count a million bucks Possibly sitting on a trap now 